cast for magic. We come to the Pope on Film podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get, which I'm describing literally right now. So how describable are we talking about here? That indescribable feeling we get when the Liz a Day theme song begins to play and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. <laughs> Dazzling images on a small Twitch stream, stream, sound that is sound. Somehow, Amaland horse erotica feels good in a podcast like this. Bunny Williams feels like the stoned parts of us, and May Lynn feels perfect and powerful because here they are. The Pope on Film podcast. We make movies better. And with me is... I am the Pope in question. My, my name is Reverend May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth of Google. It is episode 463 of this podcast, which means, via math, that there have been 462 episodes before this one. Why would we make that up or fudge the numbers? And it's not like you're going to check anyway. So this is our 463rd episode. Uh, we're finishing our summer of yo today with a look at Creed. I, 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 the Creed. I, I, I. The most Hispanic of the Creed series so far. Yes. Creed. So, um, it's going to be a, a very good show. We're going to be talking about um, a band that I hate. Uh, Dog Ideas. <laughs> it's a, a really great app. I am on edibles. I look great. Kill and then Killmonger versus Kang. You put it right there in the title. Yes. I see. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. The thing is, when you're watching a movie after the fact online, 
I hope to God there were no subtitles for all the sign language in this film. It's always difficult to know because, you know, I didn't see this movie in theaters. I'm seeing it on like a DVD, you know, like like I'm watching it later on online. I, I'm interested to see if if uh, uh, Queer Kitty says Bunny looks naked without his hat. Bunny, you're indecent. I know. You are indecent. And also having rebel. edited... I'm an outlaw. Nice. Also having uh, edited that little bit about racist songs on my YouTube channel, um, I don't know how I didn't notice before now just how much your microphone looks like a big black cock. So that's exciting. Yes. Hooray for you and your microphone. Feel free to just caress the microphone if you want to, you know. It's nothing. It, okay. It, all right. We're going to get some more watchers now. Okay. So this is Jeff. The name that we gave to our reoccurring podcast monologue, that's like a box of chocolates because you never know what you're going to get. And also, Bunny and I are so sweet that we might give you diabetes. Bunny, are we good? Uh, I, 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 need, I need a point of perspective here to be able to answer that question. In, in what regard? Just, just you and me. We're cool? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, with that out of the way, let's get to something uh, less passionate and more lighthearted and fun. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I was listening to the radio because I am old, and this is what old people do. Young people aren't listening to the radio anymore. It's 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 phenomenal. It, radio is dying. I remember growing up wanting to be like a radio DJ, but now it's like, being a radio DJ is just being a professional ad reader. What's the point of that? Yeah. You know, it's kind of sad. So um, what I do is I, I'm listening to the radio. I'm driving around. I'll hear some song on the radio, either a new song that I like, and I do like some new music that's coming out, although a lot less because I'm in my 40s, or some song I haven't heard in a while, in forever, and I'll write it down. The song title or a memorable line so that later when I'm at home and I have the computer and Spotify in front of me, I can uh, look up the song and listen to it and maybe add it to one of my uh, Spotify playlists, which I work very hard on. I work very hard on my Spotify playlists. I've got one for uh, May Lin is going to the movies and I've got one uh, of chill music. I've got one for being high, which is wonderful. A wonderful playlist that I love so much. Okay. And, and so what, I'm what driving are some and examples I'm... on that playlist. What was that? What are some examples from that playlist? Uh I'm gonna pop it up right now. Maylin's chill vibes, Maylin's Halloween party, Maylin's marathon music. Uh, Maylin's really high shit for those nights when you may have had too many edibles. Um, some classic music, Velvet Underground, uh, Sophia Massad's and the Artist, 
uh, there's a whole a bad recording home demo of Kurt Cobain singing the Beatles and I love her. Really? Which which is beautiful. Django Reinhardt, MF Doom, Danny from Game Grumps, Willie Nelson's country album. I've got some good stuff on there. The Blue Jean Committee's Catalina Breeze. Okay. I love the Blue Jean Committee. So <coughs> I'm driving. I'm driving and I'm listening to music and I hear a song and it's a nice, chill, mellow 70s rock ballad and it's nice and chill. It's almost adult contemporary, but not quite, which is 100% my jam now. Now that I'm in my 40s, I'm over the hill. And the older I get, the more my musical taste just sort of mellow out. I'm sorry, Ramones, but maybe if you actually learned to play your instruments, your music would be better. Oh, don't fuck with the Ramones. The Ramones are great. Like, I had a Sex Pistols phase, but in the 1980s, Phil Collins had a new hit song every 20 seconds. Throughout this the entirety of the age. This freaking ug fugly looking British dude had a hit, had five number one songs every half hour. And one of them was good. It wasn't, but you know the lyrics to all of them. Even the ones you hate. I, I, Take I wouldn't want to make bets on that. Take me home. It, let's go through the lyrics of that song because I don't remember take take me home because I don't remember take take me home and then just keep repeating that for like 25 minutes and that's a number one hit song for yeah. Phil Collins uh, so back to I hear this, like, chill 1970s rock ballad on the radio. I haven't heard it in a long time. Ooh, what's this song? I'm going to write some of the lyrics down and look it up later. I do, and I guess it's been a really long time since I've heard that song. It was fucking bad. Really? Kiss. It was fucking bad. They're one good song. They're one good song. Uh... Fuck Kiss. Fuck all the members of Kiss. Fuck Gene Simmons. Fuck, just fuck Kiss. Just gonna come out and say it. Fuck the band Kiss. Number one, I'm not white enough to enjoy the music of the band Kiss. Number two, here's a... And, and, and what you're way Gene too Simmons. old, because it seemed like... It seemed like you would go straight from... Sean Cassidy to Kiss. They were the next rung in the in the bubblegum ladder. Yeah. To be clear, I'm a professional podcaster, so I'm eating Lay's wavy ranch flavored chips. Like all good professionals, I have picked the loudest food to be eating during the recording of this podcast. For anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, you, fuck kids. You have to get closer to the mic. Okay. While you chew. Fuck kids. Okay. Fuck kids. I hate kids. Basically, 
they're a professional traveling date rape band. And yeah. I don't care for them. I have yeah. never cared for them. I remember when MTV made such a big deal about we're going to show Kiss without makeup. And like, oh, wow, spoiler alert, they're fugly. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. And that really pissed me off because fuck Kiss. I hate Kiss. Kiss can kiss my brown ass. And... and uh, again, and I've mentioned this before on the show, like, uh, I, I am just not a very musical person. Music yeah. isn't a, a big thing, okay? But for some weird-ass reason, I love music documentaries. Okay, okay. I fucking love music documentaries. Hmm. Never do I hear Kiss be brought up for an influence for fucking anybody. Yeah. You know? Understandable. Like, like rarely do I... Even, even, like, heavy metal documentaries or anything like that, nobody's mentioning Kiss. Nobody. Nobody is so mentioning like, Kiss. I, it seems like they are famous only in their own heads somehow. Yeah. Yeah. They're famous because they tell us they're famous or something. Because, like, musicians don't seem to care. Yeah. No. They. They. Kiss is. If any band looks up to Kiss, it's because. I feel like they're marketing first and music second. Yeah. You know? And I think nowadays a lot of bands sort of dream of that. You know? Yeah. Bunny, you have recently purchased a scruffy mop of a dog. Have you settled on a name yet? Uh, I think we're settled on Wiffle. Wiffle. Okay. Because I have some more ideas. Okay. For names for your dog. So basically, if you haven't settled on a name, I've got some ideas. If you have settled on a name, oh, get ready for your mind to be changed. Because I have some great names. Yeah. Okay, anytime I've been on social media and I've seen uh, you or Jeannie post something, I've given you some I've already come up with a number of names, and all of them are gold, pony boy. Gold. But I've got some more here, okay? Yes, re remind Some of these are great. Okay, so just just hear me out. You know, it, I've got some ideas. Number one, The Vampire's Tomb. <laughs> the ghoul Here's goes the west. Okay. Yeah, excuse me. Excuse me. You don't know what I'm going to say next. <laughs> the second possible name, the ghoul goes west. <laughs> and a legitimate good name for a dog, Dr. Acula. Like, that's a, that's a good it. name for a dog. I don't get uh, No, he just has a, a cup in one hand and a big black cock in the other. So earlier he I made him progress it. He, I know, I mean, right? He's already looking naked, so Yeah. 
Um, oh, hey now. I'm in the camera. No, you're not because see it. it Ooh, yeah. Um. So what's the? <laughs> Snowball. Snowball. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Okay, French Stewart. I feel that the dog kind of looked like a French Stewart. Y you know, from Third Rock from the Sun. French well Stewart. Okay. Okay. Torgo. That's a great name for a dog. Torgo. Uh, white Obama. Okay. Because it's a white dog. So, White Obama. Doorstop. Shit piece. No. Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. Yes. Uh, here's here's the full name. The only, here's the, only the problem with this that next... is like that's a little too long to get on the tag. Okay. Well, then you might not like this next one. No. Machete rated R in theaters Friday. Yeah. Well, you could call him Machete for sure. Uh, Sid the Sloth. The dog, or how about this? The Betty White Memorial Dog, brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Download today. Was a huge advocate for animals. A huge dog lover, honey. Yes. A huge animal lover. Yes. She married like five animals. No. That's how much. Not. Not smart. A good name. Oh, I'd be smarched it. Of my dear baby. It done got be smarched. Uh, here's some other dog names. Stump Grinder. Rex Dart. Eskimo Spy. Michael Afton. At the point that I was making this list, Maxwell was uh, explaining Five Nights at Freddy's lore for about two hours straight. Uh -huh. So, Michael Afton. Michael Landon. Lopez! Jay Leno's chin. Thirteen. Just the number. The number is the name of the dog. So thirteen. Chartreuse. I was starting to get experimental with dog names at this yeah. point. Norville. Because the only Norville I know is Shaggy. Who names their kid Norville? It's weird. Supercar. We we were kind of playing a, a little with with just naming them all cops or bastards. Ooh, nice. Uh, so then I started thinking, okay, what if Bunny loses the dog, and he has to start calling for the dog? So that was on my mind for the last couple of months. I'm naked. Who Come wants on, donuts? Naked. I, I really liked Who Wants Donuts. Yeah. Who wants donuts? Come here. Who wants donuts? And then all these people come to you. It's like, no, sorry. That's the name of my dog. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the name of my dog. Okay. I knew I had that for a reason. Okay. Uh, Kindling. Donuts. El Mariachi and Nettie. Yeah. These this is this is this has been my list. And I think it's a pretty decent list. Funny, one last thing. Um 
What's your star sign? What's my star sign? Yeah, what's your astrological I, sign? I am a Libra. Nope, you're a Cancer now. Okay. Did you like that? <laughs> I wrote that for you. I thought you'd like it. Is it too soon? He's, he's having a coughing fit now. I, I threw him into... Oh, there you go. Boom. I thought that was pretty good. Not bad. Did you like it? Don't... Okay. Don't drink my water, cat. Okay, so that's it for uh, Jeff this week. Uh, uh, I think it's time now for us to move into our educational segment. Um, I've got some pictures. I'm very excited for this one. We don't have the most time, but I think I can do this. Okay, so that is the end of Jeff this week. Be sure and join us for more Jeff-tastic Jeff entertainment. Yeah, I just came up with that. With Jeff! Yeah. And cut on that. Honey, it's time for education. Do me a favor and play my intro. Cool. Okay, so we are back. <laughs> oh, it, it the second time. Okay, that's cool. It, that was my bad. Okay. Buddy! Yes! If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? It's sweeping the nation. It's swiffering the nation. But only the real fans, the true hardcore fans, who have been with us since the beginning, only they would know the, uh, the, 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 the minutiae of the show, uh, the two undisputable facts, the two really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Malin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you are a celebrated wax sculptor like Vinnie Price in House of Wax. So tell us, Bunny. What have you been working on lately? I have been working on a series of of wax sculptures that are that is uh, the presidential mistresses. Ooh, nice! Every every president's side piece will be on display. So I didn't. I don't think most people know, but Joe Biden and Taylor Swift, they got some shit going on there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have the both of them like naked, making out, really awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, Then of course, right next to Taylor Swift would would be of course Stormy Daniels, and Mm -hmm. just down the line through. Thomas Jefferson was a hard one, okay? Because, like, do you really cons- consider your, your the black slave that you repeatedly rape over and over again to be a mistress? I, I mean, I think yeah. that falls into a separate category. But it did not seem like he had an actual mistress because of because of that. So, and then, to and then, um, to play that one. 
and then Bill Clinton's two mistresses, uh, Monica Lewinsky and Bruce Valanche. <laughs> Not too many people know about Bruce Valanche. Yes. Uh, after I finish with this one, because like you know, this is the one at the moment. This is the one I am, I am, uh, I'm most hottest to do. Uh, but after this one, I am pretty decided. I am going with famous conjoined twins. Nice, nice. That's gonna be nice. But just one uh, and of them. the. But just what? But just like one of the twins. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. You know, focus on one. Yeah. That's nice. You know what'll save you some money? Just make one and get a mirror. Yeah. Boom. I just saved you some money. You're welcome. So it would be a, and like, the a, second. like a famous female singer who just happens to have an extra shoulder. Yeah. 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 And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the show where I get a uh, story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reworded via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Historic Approximations, or as we like to call it, and to be clear, that's capital H, capital A, small p, for those of you playing along at home. And also, this segment was originally called Steve's Historic Approximations for a number of years, but a dead name is dead for a reason, and so we are moving on. So what is happening in half this week? This week, we are talking about one of our most horrible presidents. And no, we are not discussing 119-year-old Joey Biden or his rival, Donnie Trump, the rapist-in-chief. We are going all the way back to 1829 and our seventh president, bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. Yes. And the grossest, and the uh, side half is the grossest, most unhygienic thing to ever occur in the White House that didn't involve a cigar. Okay. Uh, and a fun little aside, I called him bloody bloody Andrew Jackson for a reason. Bunny, can you put up picture A? This is A in sign language. A. Um, I called Andrew Jackson bloody bloody Andrew Jackson because... Michael Friedman's rock musical, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, preceded the rap musical Hamilton by almost a decade. Did you know that Andrew Jackson got an emo rock musical, buddy? No. Yeah, he got a freaking musical, and, he, and it was before Hamilton. Now, I'm not saying that Hamilton is a ripoff of Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, because Hamilton is a rap musical and a success, whereas Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson was an emo glam rock musical comedy take on Andrew Jackson. And unlike Hamilton, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson uh, was a huge-ass failure. Yes. But I dare say Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson walked so that Hamilton could run. 
Yes. Anyway, we'll be getting back to bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson, the Andrew Jackson emo rock musical a little bit later. But um, uh, aside completed, back to the action. Andrew Jackson, can you put up a B? This is B in sign language. Not only am I teaching you about Andrew Jackson and rock musicals, but also I'm teaching you a bit of sign language. This is B. Yes. Um, Andrew Wilberforce Jackson. His middle name was not Wilberforce, but doesn't he look like that would be his middle name? He's got a Wilberforce in him. He is also one of our most vampiric-looking presidents. Yes. That he is. And also, like, here's his body, and then he has, like, two feet of neck, and then his head is, like, way over here. It's like his mom had sex with a giraffe. So he's like half human, half giraffe. She and... didn't. Hmm? Do we know that she didn't? No, we do not. He looks like he's Is there either any evidence to refute Andrew Jackson's giraffe heritage. No, there is not. I'm just and asking I... questions. Can I believe I, I mentioned. What? I believe I said this on our episode three-part presidential uh, mini-series where we talk about fun facts about all of the U.S. presidents. Ten-minute warning. Uh, Ten-minute warning. Okay, I got this. Um, this guy was either a vampire in a Hammer horror film or he was Van Helsing in a Hammer horror film. Okay. So, let's do this. Odd fact about Andrew Jackson he married his wife, Rachel Jackson, in 1794. Please put up a uh, picture C, Bunny. But here's the thing. He married his wife in 1794. They eloped in 1791. She was previously married to a guy named Lewis, and then she met Andrew Jackson and fell in love, and they eloped in 1791. And Rachel it just fell in love with Andy Jackson 5 and uh, so they eloped and Rachel was all hey Andrew you got me that divorce right and Andy was all don't worry about it I handled it he did not and they lived in sin and bigamy for a few years nice hooray huzzah then Andrew Jackson is running for president. Our boy AJ is running for president. And John Quincy Adams' supporters spent so much time on the campaign trail focusing on Rachel. On Rachel Jackson. And the bigoted, oh, she was married to two people. How dare she? And then right before the election, Rachel died. And the former war hero, Andrew Jackson, became a widowed uh, former war hero, so he got the sympathy vote. And Rachel here went from possible first lady to our first dead-ass lady. Yeah. Which is exciting. She looks like she's auditioning to be a ghost in a picture at a Hogwarts. Yes, she does. That's what she looks like. Um, okay, back to Andrew Jackson. Can you put uh, picture D up? Buddy. 
oh, wait a second. That's not Andrew Jackson. That's uh, the star of the musical, bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. He looks like he's going to go to a disco and start a panic. But, yes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the star of the musical, bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. So bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson, the man, <coughs> not, not the musical. Andrew Jackson was an a-hole with a lot of questionable decisions that we are not going to discuss. Like his ethnic cleansing of Native Americans, killing thousands of, of innocent indigenous Americans. We're not going to discuss the stealing of uh, Andrew Jackson's stealing of Native American land to create Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Can we just give Florida back to the Seminole Nation? I think we should. Possibly. It would be a good idea. Yeah, and we won't talk about how he threatened to use the military against South Carolina or the assassination attempt on his life. No, because we're going to be talking about the cheese, Bunny. Okay. The cheese. Hit the next pick, Bunford. That's E. This is E, and it's E goes like this because if you look at it in the side, oh, yeah, it kind of does look a little bit like an E there. Andrew Jackson was considered a populist president, a man of the people. He was in the frontier and dealing with the frontier back when all of our politicians were still wearing powdered wigs and cared only about the city. And he's like, when, are the, when is Washington, when, is the, when are the politicians going to care about the normal people, the regular people in the frontier? And so when, when he was president... Oftentimes, he would directly go to the people. Huh, I wonder what I should do in this situation. I'll ask America. Hey, America, what should I do? I'm going to do a poll, and all of you vote. And all of America was like, wow, a president who actually cares about us. A president who's not a rich person from the city. Oh, man, he's a man of the people. We love him so. So people really love Andrew Jackson. And so... Someone had an idea to give him a gift. Quote, the greatest cheese in America for the greatest man in America. And so, on New Year's Day in 1836, a prosperous dairy farmer named Colonel Thomas Meacham gifted Andrew Jackson with a giant wheel of cheese that you see next to me, weighing 1,400 pounds and made from the milk of 150 cows. The crazy thing is, Colonel Tom Meacham, the guy whose idea it was to create this mammoth kaiju cheese for bloody bloody Andrew Jackson, he wasn't even a fan of President Jackson. He didn't even care for the man. He was a supporter of another candidate, but... Colonel Meacham was from New York, and they had just opened up the Erie Canal like about a decade before, and New York was starting to become uh, big and important. And uh, so Meacham saw the giant cheese as being a good advertisement for dairy farming and the up-and-coming uh, city of New York. 
Interestingly enough, Meacham also made five smaller cheese wheels to give to other notable names of the time, such as Martin Van Buren and Daniel Webster. So when the devil came after Daniel Webster, it was because the devil wanted the cheese. Yes. So um, the giant cheese was displayed in Utica, and before hopping on a boat and being delivered to the White House, where it stayed unrefrigerated, out in the open for a whole last year. Oh. Just really think about that, buddy. No refrigeration. It's a swampland. Imagine that cheese in the summer, buddy. <laughs> no air conditioning. In 1836 in the White House? I don't even know if they have curtains in 1836 in the White House. Just imagine the smell. Just imagine the flies, the heat, the... the, the just, just imagine it, Bunny. Imagine in the summer, and people didn't wash their hands, Bunny, back then. There was no hand washing at all. Okay? So really think about this. Jeez! Because it stayed out in the open, four feet in diameter, two feet thick, over 1,400 pounds, which means that this cheese could own 23.3 Tammy Craps dolls because the farts aren't a problem anymore. That is an I think you should leave reference. Uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, the greatest show on television, despite what Bunny says. Anyway, for a year... The giant wheel of cheese stayed unrefrigerated out in the open in the White House. And then, in 1837, as bloody bloody Andrew Jackson's second term was coming to a close, Andrew Jackson said, Hey, so I'm President bloody bloody Andrew Jackson. Uh, hopefully they do a musical of me one day. We'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, my second term is nearly over, and I will be hosting a big gala ball to celebrate the end of my term and because I am a man of the people my party is open to all of you so all of you come in and come to the White House there will be speeches and entertainment and as far as snacks okay I've got an idea what you see here, Bunny, less than a minute, what you see here is a drawing of that event where people came and just ate the cheese. <sighs> Kids and old people and adults just walking up to this unrefrigerated year-long White House cheese and getting their dirty hands and just cutting and grabbing whole pieces of this White House cheese and putting it in their mouth, Bunny. This occurred on February 22nd, 1837. Andrew Jackson threw a party at the White House and just imagine the smell. Uh, change it to F really quick. E, E, F. This is F. Um... And to tie this whole thing all together, Bunny. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
my little egg rolls. It's me. Dab me. The fucking alien. A lot of you have been asking to hear more about Theta Prime B. Theta Prime B is more advanced than Earth by 20 years. It'll give you a glimpse into your future. We have more disease and ecological catastrophes than you can imagine in your darkest dystopian nightmares. We have winds so strong that it picks up livestock. You never know when it's going to start raining cows. Large chunks of land have been swallowed up by the ocean, and there have been frequent Kevin Costner sightings. We have 48 variants of COVID-19, 27 variants of Ebola, and a collection of diseases released by the melting ice caps, collectively known as climate fever. We found that if you make a solution of silly putty, vodka, and snot, and inject that directly into your cock, it'll stop most diseases from entering your body. Trust me, I'm an alien. For now, enjoy these videos from Undead Cow Studios and the Pokemon Film. And I think Ted Cruz is a great guy. I think social security should be privatized. You can't go to a supermarket without being accosted by a homeless guy. Democrats and liberals attack viciously. Hello, everybody. It's me, Reverend Steven. Today, we're going to be doing a little taste test. I live in Oklahoma, more specifically Shawnee, Oklahoma, which is where the first ever Sonic drive-in restaurant was uh, started. This, this town is the birthplace of Sonic. There's one, two, three, four within driving distance. So they just recently announced I say recently, a couple of months ago. They announced that they were working on a hard seltzer because everything has to have a hard seltzer now. Everything. They're going to make the blood of Christ hard seltzer. Everything has to be a hard seltzer. And I've been looking and looking and looking for it because I, I feel that Sonic food is okay. It's fine. Cat, no. Fuck off. Stop getting on my goddamn computer. Sonic food is fine. It's okay. It's all right. But what keeps bringing me back to Sonic is two things, Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water. So today I found Sonic Ocean Water Hard Seltzer. And uh, I, I have, it's 5% alcohol per volume, 100 calories and 1 gig of sugar. One gig of sugar. They they also sell it in a variety pack. That kind of smells like ocean water. They also sell it in a variety pack, and what I've heard is that two of the variety pack are great, and the others are shit. And so you're stuck with a bunch of uh, drinks that you won't ever want to drink. So I figured... Since o Ocean Water and Cherry Limeade are the absolute best drinks at Sonic, that it's a 50-50 chance that I'll like this. Anyway, let's give it a try. Down the hatch. 
You're just doing a little dance on the side? Oh, for the dog. Okay, yeah, you gotta do a dance for the dog. There's no good way to say this. This tastes like a water park. This tastes like sunscreen. This tastes like the water park inside of the California State Fairgrounds. The lazy river and the wave pool. And oh no, I've gotten a little bit of the water of the wave pool in my mouth. That's what this tastes like. But I don't know, it does taste like ocean water. It, I mean, whether or not I like the taste. Cat, I swear to fucking God. It does taste a lot like a water park. Uh, but, I don't know. I think this is alright. Not a thumbs up. You get a thumb... A diagonal thumb. One diagonal thumb. It's not a thumbs up, and it's not a thumbs down. But it's not even a thumb sideways. It's, it's, it's like a... It's one of these thumbs. I wouldn't go out and buy another 12-pack, but if my choices were a Budweiser and this, I'm getting this. So, there you go. Sonic Hard Seltzer. These are hard to find. I've been looking for them for the longest freaking time, and I finally found one. So if you can, if you can find one, just get it. Just to try it. This is all right. I'd rather have this than a freaking LaCroix, I can tell you that. Rather have this than a, than a, what is that thing that all the freaking white people are drinking? White Claw. White Claw! I'd rather have this than a White Claw. This has more taste to it. I look good right now. Hey. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, so that's my taste test. Sonic, hard seltzer, ocean water. It's alright. It's alright. Thanks for watching. Be sure and like and subscribe. See you later. On the death of John McCain, Lindsey Graham was forced to roam the halls of Congress in search of another set of balls to lick. Luckily, Trump's nutsack was within sniffing distance. No matter how many times Trump hurled insults at Lindsey Graham's best dead friend, Lindsey sucked up that scrotum like Thursday's soup. Oh, you're the best golfer I've ever seen, Mr. Trump. Ooh, you bring a kind of magic to the Republican Party, Mr. Trump. Lindsey Graham. What a fucking beta cup. Check out this video by our friend Tim Caldwell. In the village of Santo Palo, there is celebration. We bake mighty fine pastries this week. Yes, indeed. Many fine cakes and cookies. It will bring lots of money to the village. In fact, I have announcement to make. We have finally made enough money that we can buy every whisk 
Oh. And give Mama Rosa a rest. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now I can die happy. <laughs> Let the celebrations continue. Not so fast. Who are you? I am Sean Connery. I have come for your gold. Any objections? No! 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 no objections? Senor, we are a poor village of bakers. And one prostitute. We have no gold, uh, just the ingredients to make our pastries. You are a village of bakers? Then I will take your ingredients. Ocho Cinco will stop you! I am afraid of no man whose name has four syllables. I will take your supplies. But first, those pancakes you made this morning weren't fluffy enough, woman. take these ingredients from these people. I do. Then I shall stop you. Do you think he's dead? I don't know, is he breathing? Let's take his wallet! Who did this to me? It was that gringo, Sir Ocho! You shot me? I came here to defend this village against evil and you shot me? This will not go unpunished. I am Ocho Cinco and I... You shot me again. Who do you think you are? Don't you know guns are... Please stop shooting me. It's okay. I'm out of bullets anyway. Good. Now we will fight like men. No. I'm not used to hitting men. I will take my leave of you and your crappy village. But mark my words, Ocho. I'll be back. I won. Oh, oh, yeah! 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 Yeah!
us. Oh, you have made our village safe again. Thank you, Ocho. I will always protect this village against the gringos and the vampire wizards. There are lots of things a woman does not need, but every woman needs a man. I'll go find you one. The village is safe thanks to Ocho Sinkhole. Until next week, what the fuck is this? Half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I had to draw the line. I'm just 
just getting started, little brother. I'm coming for it all. He's not going to stop. Then you make him. The one and only Adonis Creed, you're the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Three years ago, it's been a minute since you've been out in these streets. When I walked away from boxing, I walked away with some unfinished business. You see that man right there? Do you remember him? Hey, hey. No friends in the industry. I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. Okay. Let us start a beat, don't want to keep it wrapped. Yeah, you hit us up and now we owe you something back. Don't let him destroy everything you've built. Everything we've built. previous picture that we had showed was a picture of everyone eating the cheese and this is a description of cheese eating uh, for hours did a crowd of men women and boys hack at the cheese many taking large chunks of it away with them when they commenced the cheese weighed 1,400 pounds and only a small piece was saved for the president's use. The air was redolent with cheese. The carpet was slippery with cheese and nothing else was talked about at Washington that day. Even the scandal about the wife of the president's secretary of war was forgotten in the tumultuous jubilation of, of that great occasion. Strangers just all grabbing and Andrew Jackson's cheese with their unwashed hands. Uh, the smell was apparently so strong, the smell of the giant wheel of cheese that had just sat out for a year, that the next president was Martin Van Buren, who was one of the five men who got the, the small baby wheels of cheese, the smaller wheels of cheese. Um, and when Van Buren moved into the White House, he was just automatically 
blown away by the smell and he said that the smell of Andrew Jackson's cheese lasted in the White House for months. Okay. So so that's exciting. And then just to tie it all together. Bloody bloody Andrew Jackson, the emo rock musical that actually exists. Um was a big failure. It went to Broadway and then it left Broadway fairly quickly. It was not a successful musical. But what if? But George Santos music- was one of the backers. Uh, sure. <laughs> but here's the thing. What if the musical is rewritten to be more cheese focused? As it should be. Because I, I right now, be, yeah. you know, so often when you think of presidents, you only think of one thing. Taft got stuck in a bathroom. Uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, he was a vampire hunter. But um, not a lot of people are thinking about Andrew Jackson, period. And when they are, they usually think about things like um, the ethnic cleansing of Native Americans. But what if we could make him America's cheesiest president and make cheese more of a focus. So this is my idea. So we do Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. We do six performances. The first five are the normal musical, but if you come on like the Tuesday shows, that's when you get Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, the cheese version. Okay, but here's one of the problems. I mean, if it's going to be cheese-focused, all right, it would have to. It would have to include that yellow cartoon guy from the 70s commercials who was always hankering for a hunk of cheese. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't for a know hunk who of. his agent is. Yeah, I don't know. Probably the grimy mold guy agent. Yeah. So, that's exciting. Um, in my mind, the cheese has to be the narrator of the play. In a very quirky St. Clair, red, white, and blame style. Oh! I didn't see you there. It's me, old Mr. Cheese, and I I sure do have a lot of stories to tell. I'd like to tell my favorite, though, about a president who loved cheese. And then we move into the first song of populism. Yay, yay. (laughs) And and there you go. It's a cheese musical. And I'm not joking. The first song in the musical is called Populism. Yay, yay. And it sucks. Really? Yeah, I've been listening... Because of of this hap, I've been listening to the original cast album of Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. It's not that good at all. But I do like the love song between Andrew Jackson and Rachel when they first meet and fall in love and decide to elope. Um, The song is called Illness as a Metaphor. I actually kind of enjoy it, but... Um, the music of the musical Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson is about as memorable as the music from Popeye the Musical. 
Yes. So there might be one or two that you'll remember. So there you go. But that's it for my story of bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. And without a doubt, the grossest, most unhygienic thing to ever occur in the White House that didn't include a cigar. Uh, I, I hope you learned a lot. I sure did. And we will see you next week for more educationally uneducational fun with uh, historic approximations or hap and cut on that. It, 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 you have to say your big thing, we're, funny, we're even though... We're gonna, here we go. Okay. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. See, that felt nice. That felt nice. That felt that felt better. See, it's see, time. It looks like it never happened. It's yeah, like, like it, it never happened. Never happened. It's it's time, buddy. It's time. It's time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here on the Pope on Film podcast to twerk our way into the third part of our big shoe. And it is said third part, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-cost, super-effective, or-your-money-back movie of the week. And this week we say goodbye to our summer of yo with a look at the ninth movie in the Rocky series, The Rocky List, Creed Which is the official way to pronounce it. Yes. Also known as Creed 3. Creed 3 is what the the, the real um, the fake fans call yeah. this movie. Creed 3. The real fans know that it's Creed because it's the most Hispanic because of um, whatever that one Mexican dude is. I was just excited to see a Mexican in a in one of these uh, Rocky movies. You're talking and about, now you're talking about plot device Guerrero. Yes. 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 So here we are, forty-seven years removed from the first Rocky movie, and here we are watching the ninth movie in the Rocky series without Rocky in it. Funny. Give us your thoughts on this Rocky list movie. Does Stallone's absence help or hurt the film? Oh, well, since this is my my favorite of the Creed movies, I would have to say, fuck Stallone. Yeah. He had an idea for, uh, it, it, originally this film was going to feature uh, Adonis Creed fighting the son of Clubber Lang. Yes. Because apparently just all of the characters have sons and everyone gets a shot. They decided not to do that and thank God they didn't because that would have sucked. Yes. But I did feel that this story was a bit familiar. This felt like a... They didn't try to remake... Rocky 3, but they had Rocky 3 in mind. 
Yeah. That's what this movie felt like. Because, like, oh, uh, here's this. Uh, Damien had the eye of the tiger in this. Yes. Oh, but you know what Creed had? He had that. Uh, my favorite part of the movie um, was. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Creed has Sherlock Holmes powers now. Yes. You remember that pit fight in that one Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie where he sees everything in slow motion and it's like, ooh, I sense a weakness here. And then I can... Like, that's what Creed has, like, Spidey sense now. Yes. And can sense things. And I, I thought that that was pretty great. And also, there was a scene where, like, oh, no... Um, things are getting pretty dramatic and Creed does go on a Rocky-esque emotional drive yes and uh, I was kind of hoping for like the music of Survivor to start playing and make it a, an, an official I need to think about my entire career montage but it, that didn't happen sadly no, no. there was no dramatic Rocky 4 driving montage which I think makes uh, uh, just sports movies better, this, is an emotional driving montage. Yeah. This movie had the least amount of contrived bullshit. The most it had actual had to, stakes. The most that we actually had to get over was, Oh, here is your long-lost friend who is like a brother to you that you've never mentioned until right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. So once it you was got still... over that, it, yeah. was, it was pretty smooth sailing from there. And, hey, I, I, don't mind, I don't mind John Majors being all pissed off. I mean, he never wrote him while, while he was in the penitentiary or anything like that. Just like he never went to see Plot Convenience Guerrero in the fucking hospital. This was his boy. Didn't visit him once. And that's going to start the, the, the new series. Yeah. It's going to all be all Guerrero all the time. So this is a 2023 movie, so it's new. It costs $75 million to make, and it made $275 million. So, Bunny, you might hate this, but uh, Michael B. Jordan has said in interviews that a fourth Creed film is happening for sure, and also that spinoffs are being considered. Well, because you know his daughter is going to be boxing. Yeah. Okay, because I already have some ideas for some spinoffs. Number one, a Rocky Jr. show about his two turtles. Yes. They can talk, and they also box other animals. <laughs> uh, I These turtles are just like... I, I would like to see a, a more supernatural or super horror... Uh, kind of, kind of Creed movie in the future, 
which would be the return of Paulie's ghost. Nice. Oh no, Paulie's ghost in is stuck inside of one of the ribs from the freezer. Yeah. And now Rocky has to carry this rib these ribs around. And it's like Rocky and the Rib Ghost Thursdays at 9 on NBC. Like I think like like he haunts he haunts the ring. Nobody has ever actually seen him, but but every now and then you'll have the smell of bourbon cigars and pork farts. <laughs> he haunts the ring. And then people see the ring, see a boxing match, seven days. <laughs> seven days. So we've got a lot of spinoffs. Hollywood, give us a call. We are ready with so many spinoffs. I think the world... I don't want to know more about that guy who treated him like shit on the commercial. Yeah. <coughs> I want to know more, and, and this is for all boxing movies. They've all ignored one character that is integral to every boxing movie. And I think it's time for a very poignant look at this man. The man who handles the spit bucket during the fight. Spit bucket. I was just about to say spit bucket. Yeah. 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 Bobby the spit bucket boy. Boom. That's a whole film. We got this down. We got it on lock. But, uh, so yeah, with, with a box office win like this for Creed, I, 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 it basically guarantees there's going to be more of these. He has legit said in interviews about exploring the Creediverse. If there's going to be a, a, a Creed for, I'm ready for your girlfriend to die, okay? I'm, I'm just... white now? Whoever. <laughs> The woman who's always with him. She's gotta go. Um. I. Okay, so if if uh, Michael B. Jordan is talking about the Creediverse, then, um. How about this? The deaf daughter grows up and becomes a fighter, but oh, look who had a daughter. Tommy Morrison. Uh-oh. And they have a fight like outside of a... Well, probably not a bar. Outside of a Claire's. Claire's. Yeah. <laughs> In the alley of a mall. There you go. Boom. Rocky Five. Meet you behind the GMC, motherfucker. Yeah. So in this film, it's Killmonger versus Kang. I like Kang's acting in this. Yes. I really... He did a great job, and so I love all the sign language, too. That was really awesome. I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, but it's always difficult when you don't see a movie in theaters and you're seeing just like a copy on your computer. I don't know if there was any subtitles for all of the... Um, sign language in this film, but I hope there wasn't. 
I hope that there's just silence there, because that would be awesome. But yeah, originally Kang was supposed to play the son of Clubber Lang, and thank God they didn't. This feels very emotional. It, it felt more of, of, a, of a character study. I really like the emotions behind this. There were emotional stakes. And it, some people had to do some actual acting. And I'm just going to come, come out and say it. I would say the end of Creed 3 is like my in my top five Rocky fights. Maybe top four. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I just liked, especially when everyone in the stadium disappears and it's just them. Uh, I really liked that. And it started um, to be a cage match, but never became one. Yeah, you never saw the full cage. Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, I was hoping to see Mick Foley jump off of that cage, yeah. and now I won't. Very sad. Um, so high. Bunny! It, were there any yo's in this movie? I wasn't paying attention. I did not hear a single yo. So we are at uh, 92 for the final yo count. Am I right there? Yeah. 92. There are 92 yo's in the Rocky franchise. Look and, at that. And, we have finally... It spent... It, it took us the entire summer. And Creed Three is tied with Boxing Helena for yo's. There you go. Boom. Yeah, forgot about Boxing... Boxing Helena. I'm sorry. I, I'm still standing by the mispronunciation. Boxing Helena. Huh? Yes. 92. Nine. Ten point how many? Thank you for going slower that time. I really it, okay. Hi. Hi Bunny! Hi <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing great. Are are you done mowing? Oh my god. Okay. Did we get a notice? Did we get a notice? I didn't think we did. No, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed her the other day walking through the side and it felt weird because of Amber. Uh, Bunny, so we are done with the summer. We are done with our summer of yo. Uh, it was pretty... It was mostly fun. It was mostly harmless. We've had much worse summers than the summer of Yo. As much as yes. I hate Polly, I'd rather be watching Polly than uh, Baby Geniuses too. Yes. Or Recep Evadik. I actually watched every one of them. Every Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five can still kiss my ass. I'm still pissed off at five. Yeah. I am still so fucking pissed off at five. Rocky Balboa was uh, surprisingly fun. Uh, so now that we are done with the summer, and now that we're getting closer to October, which is, of course, uh, on this podcast, the month of Buntober, 
it is now time for Bunny to take over the podcast. So, yes. join us next week when we begin celebrating Bunny Williams by watching... Okay. Well... It's finally time. It is finally time to pay tribute to the great Spanish director Pedro Almodovar. Okay. But because I couldn't find any of his movies that were that were not in Spanish and not subtitled, we will be doing Beasts from 20,000 Fathoms. Hell yeah! We will be honoring Spanish director Pedro Almodovar all month with 50 B-horror movies. Hell yeah! We're we're going to honor him with giant lizards, aliens, giant bugs, radiation, thank you, you genius, Mr. Almodovar. Man, we are really going to be classing up the place by watching 1950s B-movies to celebrate Alamandovar and his work. I, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And I am super excited. So now I have a bunch, uh, of, now I have a bunch of Spanish movies on my, on my Plex that I can't watch. Oh, yeah? I, I have Volver... I have uh, All About My Mother. I have Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. And The Skin I Live In. No subtitles. Yeah, yeah have fun with that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can it, you it was talk a about... good lineup. But we're, we're doing Beasts from 50,000 to 20,000 Fathoms. Okay, it's good. Cough, cough, which I'm sure you probably noticed. Good, good, good. Now, hold on a second. No. Yeah. Yeah. Why the maker for him was so big in there? I do not know. And also, like, you put her on the poster, okay, but. She's hardly in the film. Well, it's about their family. I... You don't let him destroy what we think. Who and what? Nice. Nice. Uh... What? We couldn't hear that. Yeah, we couldn't Couldn't hear Tasha. Oh, they couldn't hear you at all. That's exciting. I have no idea. No, they couldn't hear you. Yeah. I don't know. I was you should be louder. I was talking about the, their child's forehead. On the promo photo that you got up there, it's hella big. But in the movie, her forehead is not that big. In the beginning of this podcast, I thought I looked uh, so pretty. But now I look at myself in that little box, and I feel like um, Joey Ramone is on hormone replacement therapy. And I don't like it. Oh, 
Thank you, honey. She said Joey Ramone is beautiful. Uh, so that's all I've got this week for Creed. Ay, ay, ay. Do you have anything, Bunny? Regardless of her of her forehead height, I want her dead by next movie. Yeah, who's gonna die next? You get to a point in the Rocky franchise where it's like, who's dying in this one? I mean, I don't know. I don't know who died. Oh, uh, 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 Heathcliff Huxtable's wife died in this one. Yeah, his mama. Yeah. yeah. She, she, she died in this She's one. always picking a fight with him, and, like, she's not always right. And this and the one in this one was great, where where she's like, you've got to deal with your anger issues, or whatever the fuck she was like. And I was like, he was fine until you came in the room. He was just mm. quietly, <laughs> sadly drinking. That's all he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's fucked up. Uh, what were we saying? I asked who died. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, okay, so she, you guys were putting bets on the girl dying in the next movie? Yeah, either the girl or uh, uh-huh. the, Duke the Jr. I don't okay. know. Did she, like, so, going on? <clears throat> she's, she's going death. Oh. And their kid what is already death. She's deaf and she gets brain cancer of the lungs. The lungs brains. That's exciting. Uh, the son of Duke. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, I think now that I'm looking back at this episode, what? No. Who said that I was high? Not me. I'm not high at all. Um, but now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the allabouts, I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty decent episode of the Pope on Film Podcast. It has been a damn good episode. Okay, yes, thank you. Uh, I, 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 Eleanor's in the car? Yes. Oh. Oh, okay then. Um I I I felt the same way about the podcast, buddy. But I Bunny looks like he has melted into the couch. He has become the couch. He is one with the couch. He is the couch. And I so I am so down with that. Yes! Yeah, uh, uh, Bunny is becoming Couchy, the cousin of Cherry from Phoebe's Playhouse. Uh, I, I 100% agree. I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am one with the couch. And I am... Bloody, bloody Maylin, and on behalf... Thoughts? What are you doing? <laughs> I was, um, biting some of my skin. Okay. Um, and on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else, 
I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Thank you. Uh, you. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I run out of. You, I ran out of ideas. And you? I do. And you what? I do. I scream? I scream. You scream? Don't scream. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, do 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 do. Do 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 do. Cut and print. That's a wrap. I did it. <laughs>